From the Technology Association of Iowa, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Ross. This podcast will provide an exclusive look into technology-focused legislation during the 2023 session at the Iowa State House. I will speak with state lawmakers and Iowa technology leaders from various industries on specific tech legislation, what impact it may have on Iowa companies, and why it matters to Iowans across the state. The Iowa Tech Policy Podcast is proudly presented by Shazam, a member-owned debit network, processor, and core provider that believes community-based financial institutions strengthen and improve the local communities. Learn more at shazam.net. Additional support provided by Denton's Davis Brown. All right, we're here with Representative Ray Sorensen, who represents District 23 in the Iowa House. Representative Sorensen, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Glad to be here. Can you start with just a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a 43-year-old guy from southwest Iowa, Greenfield, Iowa. I'm married with three kids. My wife, Maria, is a clerk up here for me, and she also clerks for Representative Losey. Um, so she's very involved in this process. And then my daughter, Independence, is 11. My son, Michael, is eight. And my other daughter, Liberty, is one and a half. Keep you busy, no doubt. Very busy, yes. <laughs> So with all of that going on, what motivated you to run for state office? So I interned way back in the year 2000 for then state Senator uh, Joanne Johnson and had an interest in policy. I was in college at Iowa State and then in 2011, 2012, when my first daughter was born, um, I got asked to be a clerk up here, you know, because they knew I was interested and um, they needed some help with writing a newsletter and, and things of that nature. And I'd kind of, like I said, had previous experience. So I thought that would be it. <clears throat> I had no aspirations to run for office. And then uh, I was painting a mural. Oh, I'm a mural painter, by the way. And uh, I was painting a mural in Lake Mills in their high school. And my predecessor, Claude Balder, called me and he said, what are you doing, kid? And I said, I'm painting a mural, Claude. And he goes, not now, you're not. Now you're running for office. And so... My wife's family is Democrat, my, my family's Republican, and I went to both of them and asked them their thoughts on me running for office. And they both gave me the green light and said, we'll support you, and here I am. That's gotta make for interesting holiday conversations, it right? It does, it very much does. <laughs> That's awesome, well, you mentioned the mural paintings, and yes. I can't help but notice your pen, so can you touch on oh, that yeah. just a little bit? Sure, I am the Freedom Rock artist, so um, this will be the 25th year in May of, I've repainted this 12 foot tall, approximately 60 to 90 ton boulder north of uh, Greenfield that uh, has, uh, my whole goal was I wanted to say thank you to our veterans after seeing the movie Saving Private Ryan. Um, that was all the closer I'd been to war. And I thought I just want to say thank you to all those men and women who put their name on the line and serve our country. And so every May for Memorial Day, I go out and paint white over it and I paint something completely different as a thank you. And then it, uh, as my wife and I started our mural painting photography business, um, I had the bright idea to try and put one of these, a version of that in every single county in Iowa. And uh, I didn't know how well it would take off, but the state of Iowa backed me and I've just recently finished uh, putting a Freedom Rock in every single county in Iowa. So I've done that and now I'm trying to slowly work my way across the United States and have one in all 50 states. And so that's the ultimate goal. Wow, that's amazing. Cool story, lots of creativity, probably a fun creative outlet. And then yeah. you take that and start looking at legislation. Yeah. Hopefully room for creativity there too. Absolutely. 
So you chair the newly reorganized, I guess we could say, House Economic Growth and Technology Committee. Can you talk a little bit about the committee um, and any goals you have there? Sure. Yeah, the Technology Committee um, is probably the most terrifying committee to be on in the State House, and uh, I served on it in its brief run in the House, but it's also one of those committees. It's not a large committee, and uh, Economic Growth, which I chaired uh, previous years, uh, it's not a large committee, and so the Speaker thought, you're running all the bills out of IT anyway, and you're the Chair of Economic Growth. How would you like to have both, both of them? So I said I could take that on. It makes it a little bit bigger committee and a little bit bigger ask, but uh, you know it's kind of right in my wheelhouse for what I've been doing up here. So um, yeah, that's it's been great. Um, as a mural artist background, I don't necessarily have the digital aspect background, but I've been brought up to speed very quickly in the past five years, um, just talking with industry experts and lobbyists and folks like that. And just when I, at Iowa State, my whole goal was to be a, a web designer. So I have a little bit of you know, tech background in that sense. Um, I all full admitted I'm an Apple geek and I've forced all my family into it because I'm like, if you want me to be geek squad, you're gonna have to be on the platform and an operating system I can help you on, so. There you go. So can we uh, dig into that a little bit more because I feel like economic growth and economic growth on its own, I imagine encompassed a lot, technology of course does. What, what are you doing to try to stay on top of everything that's coming sure. to you? Um, I mean, the best thing I can do is listen to industry experts that have ideas either to tweak existing code or have ideas for bills. Um, obviously, one of the big tech things coming through is the consumer data protection. And, uh, you know, that many states are, are, are having a version of that. I think the federal government should have done something already and uh, hopefully states as we run this. I'm sure Iowa's won't be perfect either as no states seems to have been. Um, but hopefully we're kind of pushing the federal government's hand in that aspect, but just staying abreast of it and listening, listening to folks that uh, have that expertise and saying, hey, this is where we could tweak these, uh, you know, these codes, these bills, or here's a completely new idea because all this stuff, you know, government moves at a snail's pace, the digital tech industry moves at lightning speed, so it's kind of hard to pair those two together. Yeah, there's certainly a lot going on. Appreciate all of your engagement on the data privacy bill. I know we've had a lot of membership engagement on that as well. Um, we've also talked about the ransomware bill. I think it's um, House File 143. Can you give our listeners just a quick highlight and anything you're hearing from fellow legislators or constituents? So I might not be the expert on it. Um, I believe Representative Wood, I, had, I signed that one to her. But uh, the biggest thing with it is, uh, first of all, defining it in code and then putting some teeth into it. I mean, currently in code, that's not against the law. So we wanted to make it, you know, obviously against the law and we wanted to uh, put some teeth into, um, you know, after defining it, say, you can't do this. And, and here's, you know, you're, this is aggravated misdemeanor, class D felony, class C felony, depending on the type of, of damage you do and allow civil penalties and things like that. So that's ultimately what the bill's goal is and to do. Have you been hearing uh, anything from fellow lawmakers or otherwise uh, in opposition to the bill or, or challenging it anyway? Um, most of the chatter I've been hearing are either uh, little technical tweaks to like the bill amending like certain you know aspects of it, not changing the scope of it, and then also just people trying to understand it. Like I said, uh, you know, a lot of legislators. There's 150 of us up here for a reason. We all kind of take a path and an expertise. So 
I may lean on somebody in agriculture since I don't sit on that committee. Like, hey, what are your thoughts on this bill? You're running this bill. You've, you know, you're hearing from the lobbyists as just like they will lean on me to be like, the heck is ransomware? And what is this bill? So we've, we all lean on each other in that aspect. And obviously we lean on the lobby as well because they're, you know, usually versed not only on what they're, why they're for a bill, but here's why other people may be against it, you know? And so they're very knowledgeable out there as well. It doesn't matter which party leads the executive or legislative branches, a business needs to be able to succeed in every political environment. I'm Tim Coonan, lawyer and lobbyist at Denton's Davis Brown. Along with my colleague, Sydney Gangstad, we represent and advocate for Iowa businesses and technology companies. Each week, we provide an easily digestible summary of what happened at the Capitol and why it's important to Iowa businesses. Head over to policysoapbox.com backslash Iowa. So outside of just ransomware, cybersecurity is a hot topic everywhere. Unfortunately, we're hearing about breaches every day. You hear from lobbyists and constituents every day. Are you hearing any other ideas? One of my big bills, and, and I don't know that this is going to directly address it, but I think indirectly and in the future, it will stand to do some damage against those who wish to do us damage is uh, my CISIM bill, which would appropriate $2.5 to Iowa State University to have a cybersecurity sports complex. and allow organizations to kind of tabletop, um, you know, attacks, you know, they're going to make the space completely customizable. So, you know, an organization can come in, make it look like their office and, you know, everything from the janitor to the CEO, if they want. Um, They've even talked about having a fake media there to interview the CEO on what's happening, why, and what's going on to get them up to speed on how to handle an attack. But also it's, it's a great resource for students. They will be able to, you know, view the data that's coming in from these organizations come in and see like, you know, how are they fighting against this? And is this a avenue that I want to pursue, which I hope, you know, hopefully we can get some good college students from the state of Iowa and then people to come into the state to, to you know, take part in this complex and, and maybe major in this and help us fight um, these criminals that seem to be very well organized. And like I said, government moves at a snail's pace. So, you know, the worst thing you can hear is hi, we're the government and we're here to help. You know, so I want to hopefully get government out of the way and let let uh, the, the tech industry thrive. Well, we love that idea, too. I can tell you from our interaction with Iowa State, they train some of the best cybersecurity specialists in the country. So getting more people through there is always right. a win, right? You touched on it a little bit, but I can't help but ask, how can TII member companies and their teams assist in helping our state lawmakers craft action-driven information security policy? Yeah, the best thing is to pull us out and have that actual conversation and know that um, the level of knowledge of each legislator is going to vary. And I'm not saying that, like I said, that that legislator is, you know, not knowledgeable, but many of us have these special little avenues that we've taken. And so you may pull an agricultural member out and start talking about ransomware and you might first have to define what ransomware is. Whereas you pull out one of our tech committee members and they might have a lot firmer grasp on what it is you're talking about. So, I mean, just getting in front of each legislator and letting them know. I will say a lot of the copy and paste type emails that we get um, don't get the attention that you might think it does because we get thousands upon thousands of them a day. And so... Um, 
you know, once we've read a message, we don't need it 7,000 times on top of that other than, you know, just to see a support for a bill. And, and that's what it'll be registered as. If you truly want to have a conversation, you need to find that legislator and visit with them about it. Well, that's super helpful information to hear. So I appreciate that. Yeah. appreciate you engaging with your constituents. I know it's tough Absolutely. when you've got a whole lot of people you report to. 30,000 bosses. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you talking with me today. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with Iowa's technology community about your goals for this session? I mean, just that I am open to any and all ideas. Um, I keep telling everybody, and I don't know if this is the right metaphor, but it's kind of like a shotgun approach in my committee. I want to just kind of fire and let everything stick to the wall, let everybody come to the table and say, this is a bad idea, here's why, this is a good idea, here's why, and I want not only all the lobbyists and tech industry experts to have that say, but I want my committee members to have say in it too. And I want them to kind of be at the table. And I want us to move as a nonpartisan or bipartisan uh, committee. I don't, I don't want to fall into the politics. There shouldn't, you know, there's so many areas of this government that shouldn't be political that fall prey to the political um, division. And I don't want that to happen. So I'm trying to give everybody a seat at the table. And I, I am not going to have the best ideas. You, you tech industry experts are gonna have the ideas. And so help me, help me help you, I guess is the, the way I'll end it. Well, that sounds like great news for all Iowans. Yeah. So uh, Representative Sorensen, thank you so much for your service to our state and for joining me today on the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Hey, glad to be here, thank you. That's it for this episode of the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Thanks again to Shazam and Dentons Davis-Brown for their commitment and support in making this podcast possible. At the Technology Association of Iowa, we believe technology is the essential driving force in every business market today and impacts virtually every company, industry, and community across the state. Join us in making Iowa a leading technology and innovation ecosystem. More information at technologyiowa.org. Thanks for listening.